Let's get into this year's discussion, Parshas Vayechi, Tavshin Ayin Dalid, and this is the Parsha of Brachos. More people receive Brachas in this week's Parsha. Well, Zosa Bracha is also uh, the Parsha of Brachos, but here we not only have one set of Brachos given, but we have two sets of Brachos given. We have Brachos between a grandfather and a grandson. We have Brachos between a father and sons. At least they're called Brachos. Birchot Yaakov, even though not all of them appear like brachos, they're at least forecasts and allusions to what is going to happen, but they are called brachos by, by, uh, by the Torah. So let's start off with a point about brachos. If you look towards the beginning of the parsha, as we know, we have the story of Yosef setting up his children to receive a bracha from his father, and he thinks that his father is making a mistake. What happens? Yosef is coming. Yisrael, Yaakov, you know, strengthens himself a little bit on the bed. And Yaakov tells to Yosef a little story. And I'm about to elevate your children to the level of Shvatim. They're going to be like Reuben and Shimon. Okay. We've spoken about that in the past. The Chulu, Mipadan, Rachel is discussed, and then and now it's time to receive Brachos. Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vayikach Yosef The famous passage. He takes Ephraim, Bimino, Mismol Yisrael, Vesmenasha Bismolomi Min Yisrael. He brings the children in order to make it easier for his father. He puts the the older child on his left on Yosef's own left, and the younger child on his right, so that when Yaakov is there, the older one is on Yaakov's right, and the younger one is on the left. This is the second time in Yaakov's life where there is going to be a little something mysterious with a bracha of an older and a younger. Last time he was on the receiving end, and this time he is on the giving end. Interesting parallel to think about there. As we know, Yaakov Avinu does not move. He just switches his hands. He acts with Seichel. He switches his hands. As Uncle says, He acts with Chachma. Because after all, Menashe was the Bechor. Yosef can't believe it. First, he gives the bracha to Yosef, and then Yosef sees what happened. It didn't happen right away. First, we have an extra pasach, and then Yosef reacts. Yosef is upset. What's going on here? Even though he was also the younger, he was son number 11, and meanwhile, he gets the double portion, he has two shvatim, Ephraim and Menashe. All of these has to be thought at as Yosef is getting upset. He's just picking up his father's hands. He says, no, 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 Abba, what are you doing? No, no, you got to, I made it easy for you. Did he think that Yaakov didn't realize? Another Vayimma'in. And his father says, no. I know. He's going to be great. That's fine. <coughs> Menashe, you can have nachas from Menashe also. Vulam, 
But the younger one is going to surpass. As we find, most of the greatest leaders in Jewish history were not the oldest. Moshe Rabbeinu was the youngest. David HaMelech was the youngest. Most of the greatest leaders were not the oldest. So Yaakov says Menashe is going to be great. But Ephraim is the greater one. He will be, he will be greater. Says Rashi, that he had set up, as we explained outside, that he had set up in order for it to be easy for him. And what does Yaakov answer? No, no, no. Yosef was upset. And Yaakov says, no, I'm doing the right thing. Says Rav Yerucham. Asks Rav Yerucham. Source number one. I have a question. How did Yaakov's answer assuage and calm the feelings of being upset of Yosef. Yosef's like, you're going the wrong son. No, 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 the younger son's going to be greater. Did that make Yosef happy? Is that supposed to be make Yosef happy? Isn't it appropriate for the oldest son to get the bracha, to get the bachora, even though he himself didn't happen? But in theory, what is Yosef so upset about? And how did Yaakov answer? How did that how did that happen? My eyes are chubaso jo Yaakov, yadati bidi yadati. Halo zehu asher heirah lo liyosi. That's exactly what Yosef was bothered by. Ki acharei menashe hu abachar, v'habachar hayat sarich liyos miyuman lebracha, al kein, he wanted menashe to get it. So let's hear Yerucham's answer. And again, he doesn't quote it in this piece, but I think it's very ironic that Yosef himself had this, yeah, I'm sorry, Yaakov himself had this happen in his own life. And the answer is going to fit in exactly what Yaakov answers, but it could be Yaakov is saying to Yosef, Yaakov is telling Yosef it's the same thing that happened to me earlier in life. Let's see what he says. Mizet Tiru says Rav Yeruchim. From here you see. Kilo kefi sheragil etzleinu. Shehochim el eitzel ish tzadik lovakesh menu bracha. I'm going to go to so and so to get a bracha. I'm going to this makubal to get a bracha. I'm going to this. What does that mean? This makubal. Says Rabbi Rucham, he has a box of brachos in his house, and I'm going there, and I'm going to tell him my story. He's going to give me one of those brachos from his box. That's what, how it works. He has a spiritual box, and he's going to bestow upon me a bracha. He has a box. And I want one of them. That's not how it works. That's not what it means. He's not against going to a brach, getting to get a bracha. What does it mean? Lo keinu adavar. Says Rabbi Yochan, that's not what happens. Gam lebrachos. Yesh mahalach v'seider. There's an order. There's an appropriateness to a bracha. It's not, it's not like I can get a bracha for something that's not magiali. Rak zeh ha-muchan v'hamut'am lezos ha-bracha. Rak elav ha-bracha tagia. Yes. Atzadik. A chacham has special connections, so to speak, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the brach is only going to work if it fits me. If I'm the right clay kibble for the bracha, I make myself a proper receptacle, then I could be worthy of the bracha. If I'm not worthy, he could have the biggest box of brachas in the world. He can't just give it to me. It's not like a present. Step one is making myself the misbarech, making myself worthy to get the bracha. 
then Mamela, the Koch of the Tzaddik, could help and bestow the Bracha upon me. And he says, the Chavetz Chaim used to say, people used to come to ask the Chavetz Chaim, if the Chavetz Chaim was alive today, we'd all line up and get Brachas from him. Chavetz Chaim Zatzal, Hayaragal HaShiv Labar Rabbi Yerucham knew from first-hand experience. Mari Davram, he used to say, what are you coming to me for? You want a bracha? Just go learn a Mishnah. What are you coming to me for? Marabu abrachos, the lomi, peragachad b'mishnayis. Umatem boim etzli. Vadai, obviously, the Chavetz Chaim wasn't rejecting the whole concept of getting a bracha, and he didn't, he didn't say, well, you traveled across the world to come to Radin, I'm not going to give you anything. No, that's not what his point was. His point was, we have to go learn the Perak of Mishnayis and then we'll be ra'oi to get the bracha. Ela ha-bikorit haya aleihem al-svarim. For their svara. Ki bracha me'is tzadik. Tifol yosem ilimad ha-Torah. A bracha from a tzadik works better than tehillim and tefillah and Torah. That's what people were thinking. Faharihiyah lo makara bracha. Tefillah and Torah and chesed. That's the makara of all bracha. Though people might think so, it doesn't work if the misbarich is not ready spiritually to handle and to get the bracha. And therefore, Yosef knows there's an order and there's a seder for brachas. If somebody is a bachar, they are connected to that Pishnayim, they're connected to the origins of Avoda before they lost it at the Egel. There's some special quality to a Bukhar, to a firstborn. So Yosef is getting ready and saying, I have my firstborn ready. He is more Ra'ui to get the Bracha. Yosef understands that. That's why he sets it up and he thinks that's what's going to happen. You can't change that idea. The Yosef Savar Kimanasha Huabakar Huakodim Huamiuman Labracha and that's why he was upset. Elamishum skip down, line twenty six, Shalodaitolo, Tahula Bracha, Bishamofan, Albana, Akshava Kare, Kihufra Sidro Butamalacha. He sees Yaakov switch his hands, he's like Yaakov messed everything up. You want to give Ephraim the stronger the better bracha, but it's not my tip for him, is it? Is he roy for it? And yet that's what Yaakov answers, yes. He is Ra'ui. He has proven. I've been learning with him. We've mentioned in past years, this is the first time in the history of the Torah that we have any record of a connection between a grandfather and a grandson. We don't have any connection between Avram and the Shvatim. I'm sorry, Avram and Yaakov, or Yitzhak and the Shvatim. Explicitly, there's nothing in the Torah. Or not even so much in Midrashim. Yaakov? He learns with his grandchildren. He learns with Ephraim. So he realizes who Ephraim is. And that's why he says, I'm doing him first. Because he realizes the secret of a bracha. And maybe, again, it doesn't say it in the text, but maybe Yaakov added a little bit. says, after all, look what happened to me. I'm not the Bukhar either. You might say it was different. He bought the Bukhara. But still, he received the Bukhara because he was more Ra'ui he was the only one that was Ra'ui, also there. The other person involved didn't think so until it was proven to him, and he says, Gamba Ruchia. So that gets us started in the Parsha of Brachos to understand what does it mean to get a Bracha, and maybe what does it even mean when parents give Brachos to children? We give Brachos, but we hope that our children are Ra'ui to be Makabal the Bracha. As we say, segueing into the second thought. Yisimcha Elokim Ke'Ephraim V'Chemenashe. 
right? Perek Memches, Pasuk Chaf, the bracha that hundreds of thousands of Jews say every week, Vayivarachem Bayom Ahu Lemar, Bechayivarech Yisrael Lemar, Yisimcha Elohim Ke'afrayim Bechem Enasheh, Vayasem Ezefrayim Lefnei Menasheh. Yaakov says it, he was the first one to say it, and this is what, how we bless our children. A question that we've dealt with before, and maybe even some of these answers have been given, but it's something to review every year in Parshas Vayechi, because we do it every week. And that is why these two. Yisim Chelokim, are those the two people we wish for most? Why don't we give a bracha Yisim Chelokim Kimosheh V'David? That's pretty good. Yisim Chelokim Kav Avram V'Yitzchak. Ephraim and Manasseh, nothing against them. But they weren't Avos, they weren't Malachim, they weren't even the leaders of the generations. And moreover, why do we pick two? Right? By the women, Okay, there's no other Pasuk in the Torah that parallels for women. So we have to pick some ones, so we say these for you most. But here we can think of a better one, even though it's not in the Torah, so to speak. So why do we pick these two, and why do we pick two Bechal? Just say, Yisim Chalukim, Ke'Avraham, Ke'Moshe, or anyone, even Ke'Ephraim. So again, many well, well-known answers to review two of them. Quoted in a contemporary Sefer, the Minchas Michal, two thoughts that are common, but they're, they're oft-repeated. Number one, line five. Sheyakov Avinu Ahmad Vihisponain Magaram Sheachavsha Yosef Sanuoto. What caused the hatred? What caused the rude hatred between Yosef and his brothers? Vinistakim and Ashina Khapeshanim and the Shina was lost for twenty two years from Yaakov. Vayasharui Bitsaar Atsum Kalosamashanim. This approach is assuming, which is not explicit, that Yaakov found out what happened really with Yosef. Yaakov found out what the brothers did. Because we don't know that for sure. That Yaakov ever found out and that Yosef ever said. Maybe Yaakov thought that, right, Tarof Taraf Yosef and then somehow he got away from the animal and he made it down to Egypt and he was sold. We don't know exact for sure. But this approach is saying he found out. And that root hate caused all the pain and all the suffering for 22 years. All of it flowed from the kinna, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Parshas Vayeshev. We spoke about it from the Klayakar. They couldn't talk to him. Every sibling in history up until these two had problems. Starting with Cain and Hevel. Every sibling up until now has been Bimochama and Bin Baroges. We have Yisak and Yishmael, we have Yaakov and Esav, we have the Shvatim. The first ones that get along are Ephraim and Menashe. And Yaakov knows very well about this about sibling rivalry from his own sibling and from his children. He has suffered greatly. He should have been mocked in Menashe. But he's mocked in Ephraim because he sees that's appropriate and he sees Menashe does not react. He sees when he switched the hands, Menashe didn't say, boo, Yosef jumped up. Menashe didn't. 
he realizes, and he probably knew beforehand also, these are two brothers that know what's matim for each one of them. This is good for you and this is good for me. We've spoken in the past, Manasha was the Gashmi leader and the uh, Yost and Ephraim was the spiritual leader. Manasha didn't feel a pgi'ah. He didn't feel upset. He describes it in the next page. Imagine the busha, the embarrassment that Menashe must have felt after being put in the position and then it switched. What kind of person he must have been not to say anything. And when he hears from his grandfather that he's going to be great but his brother's going to be greater. How does that make one feel? He had... Well, actually, I shouldn't say it's the first. He had, you know, it is the first. He has the same reaction that another sibling had later in history. Aaron Akohen. And he hears that Moshe Rabbeinu is coming back. And he's going to be the leader. And Moshe is even worried. What's going to be when I go back? What does Hashem promise him? V'rachav eslamat balibo. He's going to be ecstatic. But they weren't the first. Menashe Ephraim were the first with this attitude. Yaakov Avinu saw Baruch Kadosh Hashem and Ashlam Bakani Me Echov. We have Ephraim Akatan, no Mish Rav Rav Alachiv Agadol, and Ephraim won't hold himself higher than Menashe. He won't be Misnaheg as a Balgaiva. That's the bracha we give our children, because what greater bracha could a parent have than to see their children getting along and to see their children living? As Amechad. And that's why, in a greater sense, why many Midrashim talk about why it's more painful for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Averos Be'nadam HaChavero than the Be'nadam HaMakom. Because Avinu Malkeinu, he's a parent looking down at his people. And he says, okay, everybody has faults. You, 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 you don't want to use it to me? Fine. To your siblings? You fight with them? It's even worse. Right? The big three Averos was only 70 years. Sinashinam was almost 2,000 years. Says it's much more painful for a parent. That's the bracha we give. You get along with your siblings. You should love them. You should be makan of them. Let's try number one. Pshat number two, and again these are pshatim that we can think about every Shabbos of the year. Line fourteen now, still in source number three. Yaakov Avinu. What was different about the Shvatim and verses Ephraim and Menashe? Where'd they grow up? Ephraim and Menashe did not grow up in the warm, cozy, homey, protective environment of Eretz Kena'an, of the tents of Yaakov Avinu. They grew up in a Mushchas Mesuav society lowly, full of impurity, Mitzrayim, ervas ha'aretz. That's where they grew up. Eretz shemaleya kishufim, maleya bezima, maleya betuma, right, the chartumim, all the evil forces, im kozos, and yet they held strong. And they were not influenced by the outside forces of the culture that was so anti-Jewish. Im kozos, Menashe Ephraim, Lo Mushpon Chlal, Mehasovevotam. 
without any makeup, without it, they just serve the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Bikdusha Vitara. Yaakov Avinu says, that's the bracha I need to give Klal Yisrael. Because for, and that's the bracha that every parent has to give because more than anything, throughout our history, we have to make sure, until Mashiach comes, until we have a base of Middash emanating light to the whole world. We have to make sure that we're not influenced by the values from the society around us. And it doesn't matter what cult, what country we live in. Shabachal Rega, but we know throughout throughout the lives of the Shvatim, they didn't have such a challenge. Menashe Ephraim, Yaakov Avinu comes down and sees how these grandchildren are living in the challenging society. Like we look at our children and we say, wow, you have it much more challenging now than it was when we were. So Yaakov Avinu says, you had it much harder now than when I was growing up. I grew up in, uh, well, he didn't, with Lavan and with Esau, it wasn't so simple. But at least in terms of Mitzrayim, it wasn't, uh, it didn't have that challenge from that, that culture. So he says, that's the bracha. The bracha of remaining strong Jews surrounded by those who don't have your value system. That's the bracha, Yisimcha Elokim, Kefrayim Bechem Okay, two stories about brachos. Now we continue to the actual brachos. Perak Memtes. Vayikra Yaakov Abanav. Yaakov calls out to his children, to his sons. Vayomer, heyasvu, gather rounds. We discussed the Medrash in the past that says that Yaakov Avinu was the first one in history to get sick. And that's why he asked to get sick. Until that time, the first Chizkuni on the parasha notes that people used to sneeze and die. That's it. So he davened, I want to get sick. I want to have some warning, says Yaakov. I want to be able to be mitzavez beso. And that's why we say, God bless you, when somebody sneezes. Livriot, what does that mean? When I cough, nobody says, God bless you. Right? I only need a bracha when I sneeze, not when I cough. Or when I, when I yawn, God bless you. Right? Only when I sneeze. Because it goes back to Yaakov Avinu. To pre-Yaakov Avinu. So, Yaakov is sick. He's on his deathbed. Let me tell you, Let me tell you what's going to happen. And then he says again, Listen, gather around. He just said that in Pasagalaf. Hey, Asvu Vagida, he comes to Bishimu. What happened? He gathered them. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And he says, No, gather around. Chazal pick up on that. Chazal say, Pasak Aleph, Rashi quotes it. He was going to say one thing and then he lost it. So he has to say something else. Rashi says, Bikesh Legalos Hesakates. He wanted to reveal to Am Yisrael what's going to happen. What's his Lashen? Ba'achris Hayamim. That's the Pasak in Chumash. That's where that phrase comes from. Our pasuk, Achris Hayomim, Vinistalkamimenu Shechina, and the Shechina was taken from him. Vehischalomer Tarmacherim. So he starts saying other things. That's the rest of the brachas that we have, which is also alluding to the future of these shvatim or describing the shvatim. But it's not what's going to happen. Baachris Hayomim. What happened? So Rashi doesn't quote it, but we know the Gemara, the Gemara which we've discussed in the past. I gave it to you. It's in the beginning of source number four. It's paraphrased again. Yaakov Inu is about to tell them about the Geula, and all of a sudden he loses the, the Hashras Hashchina, the Ruach Hakodesh, and he says to himself, "Oi, why did I lose that? Is there a problem with one of my sons in front of me? If they were all tzaddikim, I wouldn't lose it. 
He thought there was a problem with one of them. So he says, is, is that Shema Yishlachem Sul? Is there a Sul amongst you? What do they say? No, there's no. Shema Yisrael. Listen. How do they say their father's name? Because his name wasn't really Yisrael. His name was Yaakov. Shema Yisrael. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Echad. We all believe that. The first person in history, first per- people in history to say Shema Yisrael were the Shvatim. Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Echad. Shema Yisrael. Says, say the Shvatim. And he says, okay. Baruch Shem That's what he says. And the Gemara describes that if you look in Sefer Dvarim, uh, in um, where Shema is quoted, Baruch Shem is not there. Baruch Shem is not in the Torah. Yaakov Avinu said it. Moshe Rabbeinu did not say it. When he was dictated the Torah by Hashem. Says the Gemara, that's why we have the Pshara. That's why we say it, but we say it quietly. We don't want to say it because, out loud because Moshe didn't say it. We don't want to say it, not say it, because Yaakov did say it. So we say it quietly. Pshara. How many pshara's are there in Halacha? Not too many. Usually we pick one or the other. Right? Mezuzah is another pshara. Diagonal on the door. Rashi Tosis, pshara. So here we have pshara between Yaakov and Moshe. That's what the Gemara says. Line 5. This is now in the Rinas Yitzchak. It's been a couple of years since we visited the Rinas Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak Saratskin, <coughs> a, uh, I think a grandson of, uh, of the, the Oznayim Latorah, Rav Zalman Saratskin, Hari Mavur, the big Gemara, the Yaakov Amar Baruch Shem Ram. Yaakov screamed out Baruch Shem. But we don't because Moshe didn't. Baruch Dano Omer Moshe Bechashai Mebrit Moshe Lo Amr. That's the Gemara. There's a Yalkut though in the Medrash that has a different version of the story where Yaakov Avinu himself said it quietly. So it's not that Yaakov said it, Yaakov versus Moshe, what do we do? The Yaakov says that, no, they said Hashem Elokeinu. So he says, oh, he just said it quietly. And the question is then why? What, else, what would be a reason? We say it quietly, says the Gemara, because Moshe didn't say it. Why would Yaakov have said it quietly? Says the Rinas Yitzchak. Ulam zelashonu Yaakov kan uparshas v'eschan. Hizchalam abelachisha barach shem. What's the message? Suggest the Rinas Yitzchak. Yisoda davar al pima de Isa sham b'yalkut. There's another section of the Yalkut. Dikisha'ala Moshe lamarom when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shamayim. Shama malachei asharis makalson. When Moshe Rabbeinu was on Har Sinai, he heard the malachim praising God and saying, Baruch Shem Kavod malchusoli olam v'ed. That is a magical malach phrase. It's how the malachim praise God. Says the Medrash. Vahorido li Yisrael. Moshe brought it down. He didn't write it because it's a secret. He didn't write it in the Torah. But he brought it down from heaven and he gave it to Klal Yisrael. Vilama ain omer mosal bifarhesya. Ask the Medrash, so why don't we say it out loud? Mashal amadav adome. Because of a Medrash, of a Mashal. Somebody stole a jewel, a beautiful necklace from the palace of the king. And he says this to his wife, Honey, you can't wear this outside the house. You can't wear it outside the house. I'm sorry, I know it's beautiful and gorgeous. Only inside the house. Because I stole it. So you can't wear it outside the house. Okay, fine, I'll wear it. Outside. I'll only wear it in, on intimate occasions. Right? Inside the house. Yom Kippur. So that's why? That's why we say Baruch Shem quietly. It's a jewel from heaven. 
that Moshe Rabbeinu stole from the Malachim. So we only say it quietly. But one day, we can say it out loud. We're like Malachim. Right? We're like Malachim. We say it out loud. That exactly explains it. Maybe you think about that? We all like know it from kindergarten. We're like Malachim, so we say Baruch Shem. So what does that mean? So now we know, because the Alka says, that's what the Malachim said. The Malachim scream out Baruch Shem Kavod. One day, yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu stole it and brought it down. So on Yom Kippur, we're like Malachim. So that's why Yaakov Avinu whispered it. Says the Rinas Yisra, beautiful. So we have two reasons. Why do we say it quietly? That's the Gemara. Because the Gemara's version, Yaakov said it out loud, Moshe didn't say it. So we have a Pshar, we say it quietly. But the Yaakov gives another pshat. The Yaakov says, Yaakov said it quietly. Why would he have said it quietly? Because it's the Malachim Shevach. And that's why we say it quietly. That's why he said it quietly. Yom Kippur, we could say it out loud because we have nothing, nothing to fear. Part one of the Rinas Yisrael. Separate thought. Part two. Part two. There is another version. There's a Targum Yerushalmi. There are different Targumim. Unkelis is the most famous. But we also have Targum Yonasab and Uzio, and we have the Targum Yushalmi in many Mikros Gedolos. They have three different Targumim the Unkelis, the Yonasab and Uzio, and the Talmud Yur, Talmud, uh, Targum Yushalmi. So in the Targum Yushalmi, the same story is quoted. I didn't give it to you because he basically paraphrases it here. Same story. I, he thought there was a Psal, he lost the Nevuah, and he says, Is there a Psal? And they say, No, Shema Yisrael Kedashavachad. He says, Oh, Yeheshmei Rabbim Mavarach, the Olam, the Olam, the Olam. That's what the Targum says. Targum Yerushalmi. Instead of Barak Shem, he says Yehishmei Rabbah. What's he screaming out Yehishmei Rabbah for? What does that do here? Yehishmei Rabbah Barak. Line 6. V'kfar kasvu. And it is written, the Yehishmei Rabbah have a Targum Oshel Barak Shem. That's like, right? Yeh- Hashem's name should be blessed and glorified. Barak Shem Kavod Machus Oli It's the same kind of idea. One's in Hebrew, one's in Aramaic. Avot Tzarech Biur. My time of Yaakov Amar Yehishmei Rabbah Vanu Omer Barak Shem. Why did Yaakov say Yehishmei while we say Barak Shem? Vinir says the Rina Yitzchak in his part two. Shabikish Yaakov Lagalos says Akei has been talking about a Shechina. Remember the introduction to the story. Yaakov Avinu thought there was a problem with one of his children, and he says Shema Chas V'Shalom Yehish B'Matasi P'Sul Ka'Avram B'Yitzchak. Avram had a Yishmael. Yitzchak had an Esav. Maybe also I have somebody who has to be thrown out. And he was worried. And they say, Shema Yisrael, no. We're all here. Be'emun HaShlema. So Venira says the Targum Yerushalmi, this must be what he's, the, it's the thought process. He still wasn't, he wasn't 100% convinced. He says, what can I do to make sure? I, it's probably okay, but I, I want to do something to make sure that any little tiny gzera that is there will be ripped up and won't affect the future generations. What do we do to be korea gzardinam? Yeheshmei Rabba Mavarach. What does the Gemara say in Masech HaShabbos? Yeheshmei rips up a gzardin, said, Bikoram, that's why he said Yehishmei Rabbah. Based on the context, 
He wasn't fully convinced, but he wanted to make sure. Because why else did he lose it? Did he know that Hashem didn't want Klai Yisrael to know when Mashiach's going to come? He still thought. This is the first time in history that somebody has perfect children. So, is it really happening to me? Yehesh me Rabbah. Next page. And he says it, but call Ram. So we say Baruch Shem. But he said Yehesh me Rabbah because that is the special power. And Chazal say Malachim don't even understand it. It goes straight to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's why, that's why he said it. But we don't have that context. So we just say Baruch Shem. Those are the thoughts of the Rinas Yitzchak. Again, number one, the different versions of we say it quietly, Yaakov says it quietly, now we learn. The next time we say Baruch Shem quietly, we have to think this is the secret angelic praise that we, Moshe Rabbeinu, brought down from Shemayim, and we have the schus of praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu with it as well. Okay. A couple of other thoughts. We move on. Perak Mentes, Pasuk Tezvah. One thought, at least, on the brachas themselves. Sometimes we spend many time, many, much time on the brachas, but we have the brachas, if you could call them brachas, for Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, but they're called... <coughs> At the end, uh, brachos, Yehuda, he gets a major bracha. And let's go to Yisachar. Let's go to Yisachar. Yisachar Chamor Garem. Yisachar is a, is a donkey. It's a donkey. He carries heavy loads. Rovates ben Amishpatayim. He's carrying the loads. Atir Nichsin, Uncle says, Vayar Menucha Kitov Esaretz Kina'ema, Vayet Shechmo Lisbol. He puts down his shoulder to carry the load. Rashi says, Hishpil Shechmo. He lowers because he's got a heavy load to carry, and he's got to he's got to um, you know make sure that he that he that he carries it. Vayet Shechmo Lisbo. What does that mean? What ol is he carrying? Chazal tell us it's the ol of Torah. Yisachar, Yisachar is volin. Yisachar the Tamei Chachamim, and yet. Says the Torah, it's called a lisbol. Lisbol means a load. Is Torah a load? Is Torah something that we schlep? Is Torah something with a negative connotation? We call it all to all Malchushamayim. All Torah. It's a burden. Is it a burden? Why is it formulated like that? Says the Chafetz Chaim. A mashal that we have to take with us for life. Says the Chafetz Chaim. Here we go. Source number six, quoted again in the Pininia Torah. He says, It's gorgeous, it's wonderful. It's so fulfilling, so meaningful. Why is it called an O? Says the Chafetz Chaim. It starts off the same way like many other stories start off, but it's different. It's not the famous story about somebody who's rich who goes to buy more riches and he comes back with the with the with the schmaltz. It's not that story. So There was a diamond merchant, diamond merchant. There was a a machzev. There was a a place a mine to get beautiful stones. He says, "Okay, I'm going." I get it for cheap. I'm going. If I get him for cheap there, bring it back, make a lot of money, the turnover, awesome. So he gets ready for his trip. 
And he brings money, enough to, for the, for the traveling expenses, going there, there, coming back, all cults are and he bought, takes thousands of ruble in order to buy. So he goes, Kasher Higiela, Africa, line 10, Kana Hasocher, Avanim Tovos, Bechalakasav Shehevi Imo. He spends all his money to buy these beautiful coins. And he, okay, wonderful, time to go home. Achsiyim Lutnosis Avanim Tovos, Vine Ponela, Vadam Nosach. He's about to get on the boat. He's about to come back and somebody turns to him and says, I have some amazing stones. Some unbelievable, you've never seen like seen it like them. You want some? You want to buy the most amazing? Even here, there's nothing like these. Avanim she'ein kamosam. V'amachir mamish mazol. I'll give you a great price. He says, I would love to, but I only have enough money for my, for my travel expenses back for my hotel, for my boat. I, that's all I have. If you would have got me a few weeks ago, I, I would have, but I'm sorry, I, I just can't. I can't. I'll just show them to you. Can I just show them to you? I just want to show them to you, and then, then you can decide whatever you want. So he says, okay. He opens up the bag, and he sees them. He's, they're unbelievable. He says, they are the most gorgeous, amazing diamonds that he has ever seen in his entire life. And he says, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? He says, his trip, he's leaving the next morning. He says, I'm sorry, I would love to. He goes to sleep that night. He can't sleep that night. He doesn't know what to do. He says, forget it. I'm buying them. And what does he do? He takes half of the money that he was going to use to get back, and he buys the stones. And instead of going first class, he's going to have to go on the bottom of the boat. And instead, instead of staying at the five-star or the three-star motels, he's got to stay at the, with the stay in the horses' stables. He's got to stay in the in the one-star. You know, he's got to he's got to go. He's got to make his traveling. You know, but that's what he does. And whenever he gets depressed and upset, oh, look where I am! He just opens his bags and looks at the diamonds. And he remembers, oh, I remember why I did this. I remember why I put myself in this situation because look what I bought with it. I bought diamonds. I bought I have unbelievable merchandise here. Now I remember why I'm in this state. Continue, look at the line 29. I just read it, said it outside, but now let's read it. On the way back, sometimes he meets some of his friends. And his friend says, what are you doing? Where are you sleeping? How are you de- dealing with this? Amnam, he says, line 30, Sovel I'm, 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 I'm in a state of Sovel. I'm in a, it's a burden for me, but look at my dividends. Look what I have. Look what I'm working for. Look what it cost me. Look what I have. Right, it's an amazing simcha that I have you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to have these, to have these diamonds. Simcha Gedola. Says the Chafetz Chaim, now we understand the Nimsha. Says somebody comes out to Olam Azen, you know what? Sometimes we have to give certain things up. We have to. We don't work seven days a week, we work six days a week. We can't do everything we want. We can't. Sometimes it's more difficult. We have to spend a little more on certain types of clothing, certain types of food, certain types of places we need to go. We have to. It is an all. 
But what an amazing all it is. And whenever we start feeling, you know, is it costing me? Is it more difficult? Am I not going first class in Gashmias? All we got to do is to open the kufsa and look at the diamonds. And look at the Torah. And look at our mitzvot. And look at the value and the qualities and what we are collecting in our life. And realize there's nothing, there's nothing that compares in this world to the diamonds that we have. That's a mashal of the Chafetz Chaim. Just look at the diamonds. Okay. So we finished the brachas. Yaakov finishes the brachas. We spoke about one of them. They're all summarized at the end. And after the brachas, Yaakov says, Okay, I'm finished. I am heading off to where man goes. Bury me with my forefathers. In the Ma'ara, in that by Ephron. It's amazing how much press Ephron gets. Again, his name is repeated here a couple of times. What do we need to say that anymore for? He wasn't he wasn't a good guy. Right? But every time, the detail, the cave of the Hefrachiti, Bama Ara Shebistea Machpela, Shopre Mari, Veres Knan, Asher Kona Avramis, Asadavis, Ephrachiti, Lachuda's cover. Ephron. Pasiglamet Aleph. Shama Kavruas Avram as his Sarishto. That's where Avram and Sarah were buried. Shama Kavru, that's where they buried Yisrach and Rivka. Vishama Kavati Isleya. So, there's one spot left. It's got my name on it. Even though Esav didn't think so, that's another story which we discussed in past years when they met at the Mars of Achmela and Esav was there and Chushim Ben Don came to the rescue. But either way, the Pasuk says, please bury me in that cave where Avram, Sarah, Yitzchak, Rivka, and Leah are and bury me there too. Just a ha'ara. The Shem Atov quotes that a little boy came over to him and asked him, where's Adam and Chava? Why aren't they here? doesn't say that oh, he didn't bury them personally. They buried him. So they buried Adam and Chava too. Right? He's going to be number eight, not number six. So why aren't they mentioned in the Pasuk? Pasha question. There's going to be a Pasha answer. That's a Pasha question. Says the Shem and This is in Chela Gimel of the Shem and A young, smart child. Ask me. Where's Adam and Chava? That's why it's called. Right? Machpelah, pears, Kiryas Arba. Shama Kavrunik Rudalizugos. The Hishavti Lo, and I answered him though. Great question, but great answer. Simple answer. Why is Yaakov, why does he want to be buried there? Because it's a special place? It's Kever Avos. That's why he wants to be buried there. It's his forefathers. Avram and Yisrak are his forefathers. Adam is not his forefather. Adam and Chava are not there because they are his great, 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 great Altazeda. That's not why they're buried in Maras Machpelah. What was their schus of being buried in Maras Machpelah? Because they were Yitzir Kap of Shalach Baruch Because they were created by God. And nobody else in the history of the world has that distinction. That's why they get in. That's their ticket. But it's not because they're the Avos. Avram started the lineage. Nobody before him. Why? Because if Adam's there, where's Terach? Where's all the other 10, 20 generations? Adam and Chava got in there on a different ticket. Says the Shem and Atov, 
Tekana medubar hu al-chazar is Yaakov. And Yaakov's talking. What is he saying? Vishachaftiim avosai. They're not avos. This is not an av. Halachically or religiously. Diyesh hidr miyuchad bekvura bekevri avosav. There's a special hinder to be buried in Kever Avos. That's not the, that's, there's no Shaykhus. Wherever, wherever there's a burial plot, Adam and Chava could have gotten there. They're, they're Kever Avos. Every person in the world comes from Adam and Chava. So they could have been buried anywhere, it's Kever Avos. So, what, why Barsan Achmela? Because there you see a cop of Shalakadish Baruch. And that's why they're not mentioned in the Pasuk. Question and answer. Moving right along. Towards the end of the parsha, we have a Pasuk that we will get to in a minute. Perek Nun. Last Perek. Pasuk Chaf. We won't read the Pasuk yet. First will lead up to it. We might have mentioned this in the past, but not in Parshas Vayechi. So we'll have to mention it again. We might have mentioned it one year, Parshas Matos. The Gemara says in Nazir and Dafchav Gimel. Fascinating Gemara. Or fascinating Hara on the Gemara. So what's number nine? The Gemara is quoted verbatim here, so I just gave it to you here. The Pasuk says in Matos that a husband has a right to be mefir a neder, a promise a vow made by his wife. Certain circumstances. If it's a nether, that's to do with the relationship, that's to do with <coughs> uh, them. So whatever it is, there are certain circumstances where a husband is allowed to be mefer the nether of the wife. But the Pasuk says, the husband will get rid of the nether, the Hashem yislach law, and Hashem will forgive her. What's the problem? Hashem will forgive her for what? For violating the nether? But he got rid of the nether. Her husband gets rid of the nether. What's the case? Says Sechazal, Nazir Chavkimel, A husband was made for a nether of a wife, but she didn't know that he was made for it. Meaning, she makes a nether, I'm never going to have hamburgers again in my life. And then she's like, forget it, I'm eating a hamburger. And she eats a hamburger, but she didn't know that 10 minutes before she ate the hamburger, her husband had already gotten rid of the nether. So she really didn't do anything wrong. But she didn't know about it. So she thought she was doing an Aveira, but she wasn't doing an Aveira. The Torah says, he's still got to do tshuva. Vashem yislachla. Ukisha haya Rebbe Akiva magia eitzel pasik haya boche. When Rebbe Akiva read this pasik, he started crying. There are a few times in Shas where it says Rabbi Kiva started crying out of Pasuk. He was a very emotional person. But here he said, Rabbi Kiva started crying. Uma, not already, he's a Musar Haskell. There are certain Pesukim that we should start crying about. Uma, Mishen is Kavin La'alos Biado Basar Chazir. If somebody has Kavanah to eat Shreif, pig, Viala Biado Basar Tleh, and instead he eats kosher meat, Ta'in Kabar Veslicha, we see from this Pasuk that even if you really didn't do anything wrong, but Hashem... Right? You thought you were doing something wrong, but Hashem knows you didn't do anything wrong. You still need forgiveness. So, Basar, so, surely if you actually want to eat pig, and you actually eat pig, but Rabbi Akiva was crying because he realized from this Pasik that even if 
I think I'm doing something wrong, and I don't really, really, in the greater scheme of things, I'm not doing something wrong, I still need Shufa. Ask of Yosef Engel, in the Gilyoni Ashah, source number 10. Why Dafka Rebbe Akiva? Okay, maybe he would. He was always a emotional person, like we said last week, Yosef. But there were other Tanam also that cried when they got to certain Sukkim. Why Rabbi Akiva Dafka here? Says of Yosef Engel, a beer nifla. I'll pee again. I'll pee nistar. Madur Dafka Rabbi Akiva Hayaboche. See quotes from the Zohar and from Kisve Haari, quoted in other sources. We talk about this on Yom Kippur also. That the Asara Haruge Malchus were connected to the ten brothers that sold Yosef. Asara Haruge Malchus. The ten brothers, not Binyamin and not Yosef. Reuben was also part of it. He wasn't there actually, but he also, you know, was included. Right, we know the story that the emperor says, Worry, what's the halacha if somebody kidnaps and sells? And they say, oh, Chayimisa. Oh, the brothers never were punished. And that's why we have the Asara Haruge Malchus. The Yosef Amar. So he says, stop for a minute. I'll say it outside first. Rabbi Akiva was one of the Asar Ruge Malchus. What? Asar Ruge Malchus, Mechiras Yosef. What does Yosef tell them at the end of the Parsha? You had terrible kavanas. You sold me into slavery. But deep down, in the greater scheme of things, this was all the divine plan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in mind for me to come here. You were the players. You were the tools. So it's exactly like the case of somebody thinks they're doing an Avera and ultimately they're not. It's like the woman who thinks she's eating the treif hamburger and the husband had gotten rid of it. The brothers thought they're doing something wrong. They sold Yosef. And really, Hashem had this plan in mind. What does Yosef say in Pasachaf? V'yatem chashavtem alai ra'a. You thought negative? Elokim chashavalatova. Laman asok amrav. I'm able to support you. I'm able to give you food. That's why Rabbi Akiva cried. He was one of the Asara Haruge Malchus. Why were they being punished? For a sin that inherently wasn't a sin. But you still got to get tshuva for that and get kapara for that. And why Dafka Rabbi Akiva, out of all the Asara Haruge Malchus, explains Regolioni Ashas based on other Kabbalistic sources, which brother lined up with which Tana? Rabbi Akiva lined up with Shimon. And Shimon was the leader. And that's why Rahman al Islam, Rabbi Akiva, they were all tortured. But Rabbi Akiva had Masriko Shal Barzal, Rahman al and he cried. Because maybe he knew he was the parallel to Shimon. Al Kaid Rabbi Akiva Daika Kshigila Mikrazalya Boche did Sarak Lakabal Yisurin Gidolim of Rachit Mechiras Yosef. He quotes that from Kabbalistic sources right here in the Gilyoni Ashas, Nazir Davchavkim. Something amazing. Okay, two more thoughts for the evening. Two more thoughts. It's really not two more thoughts. It's really four answers to one question. Short answers. Last question. End of the Parsha. Second to last Pasuk in Sefer Bracious. What happens? Yosef says, Yosef was the first brother to die. Not the oldest, but he was the first brother to die. For Yom Yosef Alechav, Yosef tells his brothers, Anochi Meis, I am going to die. Hashem Elohim Pakod Yifkodeschem. Hashem will remember you. He's going to bring you back to Eretz Canaan. Yosef 
goes to Am Yisrael, goes to his brothers and says, swear to me that you're going to bring my bones up. Swear to me. And then Yosef dies at the age of 110. Question. Why did Yosef ask his brothers and not his own children? He said to his brothers, what, his, his children were old enough now. Take care of it. His brothers weren't in charge. His sons weren't in charge. So why didn't he ask Ephraim and Manasseh? His own family. Take me up. Why Dafka the brothers? Four answers. Number one is the Meshachachma. It's quoted here, but it's the Meshachachma. Same, same idea. Meshachachma says, source number 10, the Yagdo Torah quotes three answers. That's why I gave it to you here. It's nice and concise. Says the Meshachachma, Ephraim and Manasseh, Yosef was nervous. Where was Menashe's chalek? Ruvain, God, and Chati Sheva Menashe. I'm not taking any chances where where my bones are going. I want Eretz Yisrael. I want Eretz Canaan proper. So I need to ask the brothers where the majority, almost all, went into Eretz Yisrael. As we know, in Shechem. Number one. Number two. The Moshev Zekenim, the Baalei Atosvos. Quote from the Gemara in Sota. It was basically to give them an opportunity for tshuva. They took me. They sold me in Shechem. They got to bring me back to Shechem. Number two. Number three. The Magid Meisharim. Who's the Magid Meisharim? The Beis Yosef. Beis Yosef is more well known for his Beis Yosef, for his Shulchan Aruch, for his Kesef Mishnah. But he also has a number of others for him. The Chuvah Zavkaz Rochel and the Magid Meisharim, which was written in Aramaic. And that's the safer of the based on the questions that he asked the Magid. He spoke to a Malach every night when he went to sleep, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, 500 years ago. And he wrote down all the answers. He asked some questions in Halakha, in Parsha, Turin, and Magid Meshar. We have it today, Sefer Magid Meshar. So there in Parsha Meshalach, Yosef saw Baruch HaKodesh that the Bnei Ephraim, what does Chazal say? They left Mitzrayim early and never made it back to Eretz Canaan. So again, Yosef wants to make sure that he gets back to Eretz Israel. Let me ask one of the other Shvatim that went back at the proper time. But the focus, the largest answer we want to get to is from Rav Salvechik. The last thought that is in his new Chumash that was put out, and the Shmos is not coming out until next year, I've heard, so we have to get in everything we can right now. Says Rav Salvechik, a couple of amazing notes on this Pasuk and what the symbolism is and the irony of it. Look what he writes. The viceroy of Egypt, the ruler who by his smallest gesture had the power to judge his brothers for life and death, before whom the brothers begged for their own lives, now has an amazing request. The all-powerful Yosef was utterly powerless to accomplish the one objective that mattered most. What did Yosef want to do? He wanted to become one of the Shvatim again. He wanted to have the Shifteka. He wanted his name on the Choshen. So badly. Take my bones up with you. It's not just saying my physical bones. Take me back as one of your brothers. Take me back. Let's be unified for eternity. 
Let's be together as the shift take car. He can't ask his own sons, they're him. On the Choshen, there's no Ephraim and Menashe. Levi, the shift they come. And to achieve this goal, Yosef, first of all, had to be buried, and he had to be buried by his brothers. Next page. Yosef was not only concerned about his final resting place, but about his very legacy. To accomplish this realignment, Yosef had to repair the breach in the relationship with his brothers, a relationship that had been strained since childhood. He had to inculcate love and respect where there had been just trust and fear. Look what he says. There's a subtle double meaning. Removal of my remains from Egypt should elevate my standing to an integral constituent of the tribes of Israel. And then he says, the antithesis of Joseph's dreams comes to pass. Yosef bows himself to the brothers. After earlier, the brothers had bowed down to him. As if to say he was the first one to die and the first one that they had to take care of and to bury. Yosef figuratively prostrated himself before his own brothers as he begged them to fulfill his dying requests. He was now utterly dependent on his brothers just as his brothers had been dependent on him. Please understand, my brothers, that I did this for you and now you have to do this for me. And what did the brothers do? On the night that they were going to leave, what does Chazal say? They were ready to leave. Moshe says, oh, I forgot something. I got to get Atzmos Yosef. Moshe from Sheva. Levi, Levi, one of the protagonists. Shimon and Levi. They were at the forefront of Yosef's selling into the pit. And Levi's descendant is waiting and delays the entire Jewish people to take Yosef back up to Mitzrayim. What a tikkun. What a full circle coming around. Because he was a grandson of Levi, Yosef's greatest antagonist. Levi was among the greatest of scoffers as Yosef recounted his dreams. The Chulu and he continues. That's why. Could there be a more beautiful example of such obedience? OBS, that say? Then Moses carrying Yosef's coffin on his soldiers. Yosef's spiritual mission on earth has now been validated. His second dream fulfilled in its entirety because it's come full circle. They bow down to him, he bows down to them, and now they are all back together. Take me up with you, make me part, and keep me for eternity as part of the Shifteka. Vayechi ends with the unification of the brothers and the stage is set for Am Yisrael to go from individuals to a nation as we go from Sefer Bracious to Sefer Shmos. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem. We will continue next time. Hashem, again, as we get towards the end of December, feel free. Those who need a late tax deduction, feel free. We're looking forward. Uh, anybody want to join in our Mikdash Ma'at building campaign? Please go to nofeyashemesh.com.org and join in the mitzvah of building a shul, building a shul in Eretz Yisrael. And Bez Hashem, we should all be zochem to have the achtos that the brothers had at that moment towards the end of Sefer Bracious.